Hello, all you mortgage rock stars. In today's episode of the Mortgage Marketing Podcast, I actually want to look at the following topic. We've spoke about it so much over the years, but it always needs to be touched upon. And there's things that I see that jog my memory, that make me think, okay, just when I think everybody else we don't need to talk about it anymore, more people need to know about it. And that is niche versus general when it comes to being an advisor, when it comes to being successful in your chosen market. The pro, not the pros and cons, but the reasons why niche might be something to be really good at. That's what I want to talk about. Now, when I define niche, by the way, the first thing we talk about when it comes to niche in anything, but with niche is it's not about only working with, and I think this is a mistake that people make. It's not about you only ever work with those people. Now, really, really good niches when you're really good at the job, eventually you probably will only work with those people. So, but, but when it comes down to niching, I think a mistake that many people make is they think that they should, that, that when they hear it, they're like, oh, I'm doing, you know, I want, like I say, you want to work with first time buyers. I'm just using that as a niche because it's an easy niche to talk about. Um, but there's so many really great niches out there, but like, say you want to work with first time buyers and you think, okay, that, you know, I only work with first time buyers. That means that when someone comes to me with a, you know, a buyer to let or a, I can't work with them and I'm going to lose all this business. That is not true. That's not, that's not true at all. You can work with people outside of that niche. Um, you don't have to be stuck in that niche. It, you, that's not, no one's told you that, but what it means, and this is really important, is that your targeting and your messaging and what you're trying to achieve is all moving towards a specific goal. Let's take me, for example. I work with predominantly mortgage advisors. Like it's my, all my content. My program is called the Mortgage Marketing Mastery. But I do work with some insurance advisors and I do actually work with some other industry businesses within financial services who are need who need help with their marketing. So like normally like supporting software, other coaches, people like Matt Chapman. Um, I've I've worked with the the the, the team at Octane. Um, I you know I've worked with Craig Skelton, the mortgage broker coach. So he's you know like so there's a lot of different. It's not just I only work with mortgage advisors who want to generate, build a brand online and 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 build inbound leads. I don't do that. That's not that's not that's not the only type of way I make money. But my content is specifically targeted towards mortgage brokers because that's the type of client I want. So understanding that with niche is really important. That's the first thing before we dive into three reasons why niching is good. But it's really important to understand that is that you're that, that, that it's, it's not you're not restricting yourself. Actually, what you're doing is creating a much more positive way of um, building building opportunities. It's no different. And I always think about this the way I when I think about it this way when I talk to brokers is it's no different than you creating if you work and work with an introducer as an estate agent in that in that agent you your 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 niche your speciality is purchase like that is your speciality if you're working with agents you're niching in you're niching in purchase business that's what your niche is now it doesn't mean that you don't do remortgages and you don't do that stuff but when you're in that agency you're doing whatever, maybe offer qualification calls, if that's what you're part of what you have to do um, and what you've you know discussed with them, AIPs, whatever it may be that you've decided to do with your, with your agency introducer, they are, that, that whole thing is a niched service. And yeah, you just need to think, okay, I could be working with an agency introducer and then go, okay, when I'm on social media though, that specific niche is towards um, buy to let. 
and they're just different avenues. That's all it is. They're just different avenues. And as uh, Brendan Burchard says, niche marketing, not niche products. I love that. And that's that's something that he says a lot. And it's very true. So that's something to think about. Now, let's talk about the three, like not the three, but three reasons why I believe niching is valuable and why I think that being somebody worth knowing for a specific thing, especially in mortgage services, is a big play. And why I think that people who, you know, I've heard people say this, I've heard people talk about like, you know, I've seen people talk about even in our industry where they say, you know, there's, I was speaking to somebody recently and they were saying, you know, the thing with the, the mortgage marketing industry is that they, you know, they've got one person does one thing and Gary Das does this and David Miles does this and you do this and then Alex Kerr does, Curtis, sorry, does that and then Rosario does this and it's very segmented and pulled apart. And it's not actually pulled apart. What it is is that they all specialise in all different things. They're niches. They're, they are niches within that industry and they require different levels of understanding to be successful at it. And I think it's exactly the same with, with mortgages, exactly the same. So let's look at this a little bit more. So the first one is, one of the values of being in a niche is that, and of creating a niche is you create a market of one. I'm a big advocate of this. I love this term. I think I heard this many years ago, the market of one. It's always thrown around in like sales podcasts and stuff, but I heard it a long time ago, which is this idea of if you create a market of one, meaning that you are uncomparable to other people, they cannot do a comparable between you and others. Now you might have people who do similar to you, but not the same as you, then you become your value proposition and the way it looks and the way it sounds to people becomes very, very hard to to pull apart. And that is a big, big win. Now, all some of the best clients I've worked with, that's what they understand this. And by the way, this comes down to like creating offers. You should check out the um, Million Dollar Offer um, book, Million Dollar Offers by, um, $100 Million Offers, sorry, by um, Alex Ormosi when he talks about this. And he goes into way more depth than what I'm gonna do on this podcast, but it's really clever. And it's this idea of creating something that looks like it is different. It, and, it, and it will be different. It's not look like, but it will be different. It doesn't look like it. it. It will be different. If you can create this. Now, if you are making like a mortgage broker, if you're just a mortgage broker doing a mortgage appointment, then you will get stuck into this comparable market. Do you charge a fee? Yes. Oh, he doesn't down the road. Or do you charge a fee? Yes, I charge 700. But this guy down the road charges 200. Why? These are all things you can avoid when you go into niche because you can change the whole thing. Like when I was a mortgage broker, I used to call it a ready to move appointment. That was what I would call my, my whole service. It was a ready to move service. I'd help you through all of it. I'd help you understand how to navigate buying a house. I'd help you you like find houses. If you found houses, tell you what is good, bad, what to ask, what to look for. I did like literally everything from when they started to when they finished, it was a very comprehensive service, but it made it very, very difficult for people to, to, um, to, to compare. And so I would win quite a lot of business because of that, because it was hard to compare. And obviously you combine that with good marketing and it would, yeah, it was, it was a win-win, but I would win quite a lot of business because it was different. So if you, my job was, and this is something you've got to think about all the time with niching is I didn't want, my goal would be, and this is you think about it's an odds game. If someone saw five mortgage advisors in my high street, let's say in my high street, the odds of me winning that business are what are one in five, roughly, you know, obviously like 20%. But what I wanted to do was remove that and make the odd and effectively make this, the, the whole business need to be, this needs to be so different. And my personality needs to be so jarring, either good or bad, but, good, but the, all of a sudden it doesn't come down to 
which one do we prefer in regards to the value and the fees and the rates. But do I absolutely love this guy and think he's wicked and I love what he's talking about and his energy and the way he approaches it and his passion? Or do I think he's an idiot? And I was very willing to be the idiot. Like, I'm happy to be that. I still am like, I'm like that now. I'm happy to be the idiot because that let's just talk about numbers and an odds game. And anyone who knows me knows I'm very into frameworks and systems and stuff like that. Those odds going to, to now go to 50, 50, because the decision isn't whether you like me, whether well, you're not comparing me to all the other services, what you're comparing is me to everyone else. So there's the four others, sorry, yeah, four, and then me instead of me and four other people I've got to choose from and which one has the better deal. The decision now becomes, do I like him or not? Not does he offer me better service or it's, do I like him? No, I think he's an idiot. Great. Leave, move on. And that becomes, it's a market of one. It's a system. And I realized that. And the more I realized that and the more I lent into that, I would, at the time I would swear with clients. I would, um, say things that were like quite funny. I'd say things that were quite close to the knuckle. I would wear t-shirts and shorts in a, you know, like, like I would just be super different, super, super different to everybody else that ever met as a broker. That's a goal. It's a market of one. So you can win if you do a market one. The other thing, the second thing to think about is, do you actually want to be average? So I hear this a lot, which is when, if you're looking at services or at looking at, um, systems or processes that everyone else has used, then, you know, do you, then, then, then you expect to get what everyone else has got. And I love this when I hear these, these terms, like I want to be different. We're a different firm. The best firms I have by one worked with and seen are different. They have just done it differently. They just have, they just have. think Hudson Rose, Graham Hudson Rose, this different. They're not average. And I think that this is something that, that I like, I'm actually quite passionate about this is this. And because and, and, it kind of blows my mind to be completely honest with you, is this idea that people think that they're going to get, they want above ad, average results with average approach. Like think about that, how ludicrous that sounds. And that's the whole idea with this. If you're going to be, an, if you want, if you want to be the best mortgage broker out there, you're not going to do that by being an average mortgage broker. If the average person does like, I love this, the average person's income is this, but that's fine if you want to be average. But like, I'm interested in the people who listen to this podcast, you don't want to be average. That's what I'm hoping. You know, my clients are not working with me because they want to be average. My clients are not working with me because they want to save time. They're working with me because they want to be the best. That's the whole thing. Like that's the whole, that's my entire shtick. That's what I do. I'm not interested with when working with people who are like, oh, you know, just want to, I just want to, you know, want to generate leads without really much work and much effort. And no, I'm interested in people who want to be the 1%. And think about that. You do that by being a niche. You're never going to be the, 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 the 1% outside of a niche. Now, the niche is not always picking the service. And this is something that's really important to, to get. Niche doesn't mean the service you do. So it doesn't mean you only work with first-time buyers. It might not even be that as the niche. The mortgage mum is a great example. The niche is built around the fact that it's mortgage mums. It's, the niche is built around this idea that, 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 are, that it's mostly women who are mums who want to build their brand and to build their business and work from home. That's a niche, instantly different. They can work remortgages. All of that stuff is, 
is kind of all of that stuff is um you know it's not it's not always and I think that's, that's the word I'm trying to say is it's not always just like I work with first time buyers I work with you, that doesn't have to be the niche the niche can be anything that makes you stand out and be different that's that's all the niche is and it's so important to be that but if you want to be better than average and I hear people like this I have I have people DM me I had someone DM me and tell me they're very good remember this one I'm really good I know what I'm doing you know but I'm not winning any awards you're not winning any awards because you're not doing anything that is worth noting make writing business is not enough to be worth noting the business a real hard truth for, for anyone who's listened to this doesn't know this your visibility is more important than ability you're you just having a successful mortgage business by the way which is good for you and well done but that is not enough if you want to be known really known if you want to be really known for something and both in this within the industry and outside of the industry with by local people and not just have a good living by the way if you had if that's you you want a good living you just want to make a living you want to do your job that's cool there's nothing wrong with that but it, but then don't look at other people and wonder why they have why they're achieving stuff you're not and think it's not fair it's not not fair it's that they've done the work they've decided to do something you have not been willing to do they've decided to not be average and that's where being a niche comes in they've decided to 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 index into something, lean into something, over-index into something is the word I'm trying to say, and and become known for it. Do it. Do it yourself if you want to be that. But average, if you want to be average, keep doing average stuff. Which leads me to the third one, which is you make more money for less work. <laughs> um, which is the key to a lot of this. Let's not kid ourselves. Like, if you want to make money... If you niche in something, I had this conversation with a good friend of mine um, who is a, a childhood friend of mine and and also a mortgage broker, um, purely by fluke. Uh, but it was so we had this discussion. We were talking about niching, and 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 you know he he's a brilliant advisor, very knowledgeable, and we were chatting about this. And I said to him, he was saying, "I don't get this idea of niche." This was a while ago now, and I said, "Think about it this way. Let's take David Sharpstone. You should all know David Sharpstone, CIS. He's the one of my longest clients. Lovely guy, good friend." And, um, you know, David works with CIS people predominantly. It's faster. He can make more money working with CIS because you can charge higher fees if the service is bespoke and, and unique because you've got a more a higher knowledge. So you can charge a higher fee if that's the case. Of course, with consumer duty, you've got to be able to reflect that in your IDD. This is something that you've got to look at when you look at your business models. It's why it's not just an overnight thing. You have to think about it and build out your business structure that way. But you charge higher fees, first of all. Secondly, from charging higher fees, what you can also do is if you are dealing with the same type of person, he's dealing with CIS, if you're dealing with CIS over and over again, he is going to be able to know exactly the criteria of that specific situation and exactly the lenders who will be able to do that. He'll also be able to know any of the loopholes or grey areas that they can use that are definitely not mortgage fraud, but are but are things that we all know can be done if you know the lenders and the right BDMs. So he'll know that because it's because this the knowledge is smaller, the bank is smaller. If it's just CIS, then it's like okay, I'm going to pull from what ten lenders. I don't even know, but I don't even know because I never I would avoid CIS when I was an advisor. Um, but let's say 10 lenders. I mean, it's Halifax mostly, but then you've got like Skipton and a couple of others. So if you think about that and think, okay, that is 
by far an easy way. It's an easy win because he'll know those. So you can charge more money because he knows this, this information, which is valuable to the client. And secondly, very much so, he can do, when I say work less, he can do more of them or work, spend less time of them, time on them than he would if he was doing other mortgages because he wouldn't have to research it as much because he'd know because the research is already done in his head. And so he could, and that's what I was saying this to my friend. I said, if you, let's say you niched in buy to let, you were able to do in the time it takes you to do a buy to let, then research that, then research the next one, which is the first time buyer, then research a remortgage, then research an additional borrowing, and then and then research all these different things. I could have done like seven buy to lets and just been like, bang, 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 bang. And guess what? They're probably way more compliant. I probably make way more money and you and you and you work less. You can work, it's it's less work because it's it's habitual. It's the reason I work in mortgage services. Because I wasn't working with mortgage brokers. I was working with everyone. I know this. I, I, all this stuff I teach people is I, fa I failed in it. I learned myself. I was teaching everyone. What happens? Exactly same thing. I couldn't charge what I was worth because the, the, the range was too high and too broad. Because if I was charging something to like our first, a brand new startup business nail technician versus a mortgage broker who can make a hundred grand if they do really well versus a nail technician who might be able to make 25 the, the the prices are very different. The value of the advice is different. So it becomes a problem. And then it was, what do you do? And then you do the research. Now when I work with mortgage brokers, guess what? I get very, very good at it. I've got much better at it, significantly better at it. I'm like, a, like I said in many things, I'm like a sharpened weapon now. I work with I, the same problems. So when you bring to me the problems about compliance, about solutions, I already know the answers. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know that Stonebridge will say that. I know that uh, HLP will say that. I know that open work currently are feeling like this. I know that these this is the emerging software. I know that the I know I've got some connections in the government with like green mortgages and people like that. All of these things that you're not able to do when you don't niche. It's much easier. Easier to make more money, easier to be more connected, easier to work less, it or smarter. So it's not that whole work smarter, not harder. It's that. And so that is why when it comes to niching and this but this general verse niche, hopefully this episode has given you an idea of the thought process around this stuff. It's not as simple as just, oh, people who niche are going to lose business. And and I would be very, like, you know, and also that picking a niche is going to make you tons of money. It's not. But it's about having an informed decision, knowing exactly what it is you are doing and why you're doing it. And then asking yourself those main questions. Very much so. Very much is, do you want to be a market of one? Do you want to be a sole choice and the, the sole provider of what you do? Do you want to be different and unique? Do you want to be above average? And do you want to make more money and work smarter, not harder? And if the answer is yes to any or all three or any of those, then you need to take a look at the whole idea of doing something that is general because it, it isn't going to get me the result. Okay. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, it was a longer episode than I expected. I do apologize, but um, it's what needed to be done. Anyway, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out the Mortgage Marketing Blueprint. I'm going to hammer on about this every episode now till the dawn of time. Uh, no, I'm not, but I will do for a long time because it's important and it's good and, I, and it helps you guys hopefully stop being average um, to the ones who feel that way. So anyway, guys, stay awesome. Love you all. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.